Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mike Force Podcast. Before we kick off this organic podcast from the road, yes, from the road, it feels good to be outside the studio for once. Let's get to a couple of our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Mountain Tough. That's MTN Tough. So I know you guys go to the gym, but sometimes when you go to the gym, you don't have a plan. I see it all the time on the range when people are training and trying to better themselves. They don't have a protocol, a process, or a program. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab has established itself as the elite source for improving mental toughness, physical prep, performance research for backcountry hunters and tactical athletes alike. Um, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, um, a whole bunch of people have started this program, including myself, to get me trained up and ready for the backcountry and all these epic hunts I've been doing. I'm in my 40s, but I feel like I'm in my 20s. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab believes eliminating psychological barriers is the key to reaching your goals. Their team includes former U.S. Navy SEAL Alex Fitchler and ERA, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, Army Ranger, Lieutenant Colonel, and West Point Instructor. These are fitness programs for when accomplishing the mission is all that matters. My favorite part about it is their focus on mental toughness. Not too many people focus on mental toughness, and this is part of their curriculum. Increase mental toughness, build muscle, improve endurance, anytime, anywhere, from any mobile device, which is uh, primarily, if you're on the road, there's no excuse, and now it's all tethered to your cell phone, and you could get the program, pull it up, and get your workout on. Mount Tough is offering MyForce listeners 20% off all their online training programs and apparel with the code MyForce at mountaintough.com. Again, that's mtntough.com. Look, the right nudge from the right person at the right time could change your destiny, and regardless of your age or circumstances, I am nudging you to start today as I know the Mountain Tough programs and the Mountain Tough community will enable you to become the best version of yourself. Again, that's mountaintough.com using the code MyForce. Guys, we're also sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, I, I've talked about BetterHelp before, and uh, I've talked about my own circumstances and dealing with um, issues in my life. A lot of people don't like to talk about their problems, and that's problematic. What I like about BetterHelp is it, look, it's not self-help, it, it's professional therapy. Um, there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. Look, if you want to achieve your goals, if you want to be happy, you need to look at professional therapy, and the best way to do it is online. You don't want to sit awkwardly um, you know, at the few people in your backyard that are doing this, so why not use it where you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist, get timely responses, plus you could schedule your weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in a waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. This is uh, BetterHelp. It wants you to start living a happier life today, and this is one of the best ways to start doing it right now. You guys can go to betterhelp.com forward slash Force. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Force. Save 10%. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Over 1 million people who have already taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. Man, I, I, need, I need therapy for my, my talking right now. I can't even speak. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Mike Force. Hey, guys, this organic podcast on the road. I'm excited about it. Um, my favorite thing about these podcasts on the road is I'm giving you uh, like GBRS would say, the knowledge transfer. Um, I'm giving the knowledge transfer from things that are happening in real time. 
uh, headed out to San Bernardino to do training. And I wanted to give you that experience on the road and teach you some things that I learned myself every single time uh, I train. So here we go. All right, so what about the Army-Navy game? What is going on with that? So if, if you weren't tracking that, um, me and Andy Stump proposed a wager thanks to the graciousness of Duke Cannon, a great company, who gave the winner of the Army-Navy game a $100,000 to give to charity. The loser still receives $25,000 but for sure, let's be honest, for sure we thought the Army was going to win. And to my massive disappointment, not like I watch football or I care about that, but it matters to the charities that I want to provide support to. The Army's record of 8-3 and three and the Navy's record of 3-8 and eight going into this game, it was like, that's a no-brainer. The Army's going to spank that ass, and they didn't. They lost. So I was on a flat range when all this was going down, and then I was doing uh, content with Surefire. And, you know, if, if it sounds like I'm in a hotel room, it's because I am. I mean, technically, I'm not. If you've ever been to Mount Baldy, California, if you haven't, you should go. Very small town east of L.A. Um, I, I didn't even know this kind of terrain existed near L.A. Um, but I'm teaching at my partnered range in San Bernardino. One of my favorite ranges, by the way, to train at. Um, good relationships with the guys there. Most of them are Asian, which I'm a big fan of Asians, if you haven't figured that out. Uh, Caleb has been gracious in hosting me, providing support for me on site. I mean, look, Route 66 Sports Shooting Park in San Bernardino is my favorite range in California. There's no doubt about it. But the concept for... Um, the partnered range is working with ranges in a long-term relationship. Sure, I like dating um, short-term, and, that, and that's fun to go out and, and guest instruct at certain places. But I want to build long-term relationships. I want Philcraft Survival um, swag and equipment. I want Black Rifle Coffee. I want all the things that are tied to our networks at these ranges and build those relationships the right way. And, you know, a lot of ranges... Uh, fail to do that because they fail to see the big picture. Uh, Route 66 isn't one of them. Anyways, I, do, I digress. I'm, I'm in a cabin because when I drove into California, um, I was surprised at looking at hotel rates and they were about $550 a night. That's probably minus taxes because that's just what you saw on the front page. Um, I imagine they're over $600 a night. And, and that's near... Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, I'm going to get that wrong, but it's okay. So, so I was like, man, you know, is there an Airbnb? And I saw some cabins. Um, the cabin I'm in has no Wi-Fi. It has no reception because I'm tucked back in between uh, two big ridge lines in a valley. And that's my style. I, I like that. But anyways, I wanted to record this kind of last minute and push out another podcast that I had planned. Excuse me, I'm to drink some coffee. Because um, I wanted to talk about uh, some relevant things that are going on with 
both Phil Craft, myself, and then also all the things that I learned when I train. Um, often that stuff is forgotten about because TBI, blame it on TBI. It's like I just forget it, forget it. Uh, I learn more teaching than I do anything else because I'm interacting with students from different backgrounds and experiences, with law enforcement officers, with military and civilians. And so I have a myriad of lessons learned every single day. So those lessons learned, I just wanted to, you know, as GBRS would say, transfer knowledge or knowledge transfer into you guys. Um, if you haven't followed um, our YouTube channel, the Phil Crass Arrival channel, or my personal one, Mike Glover's uh, channel, uh, I just posted a video with GBRS, two, two former dev group guys, DJ and Cole, uh, great Americans, uh, good dudes that are just doing good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to get, convince them to train civilians because I think it's in their wheelhouse. They have the same um, reservations that I had uh, initially going in, going into uh, training where you have so many civilians from so many different backgrounds, you can't vet them all. But the training that we're conducting is for all. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, we're not training people to do raids. We're training people how to protect themselves in self-defense. Um, but those guys, we just did a YouTube video and them teaching me how to use a SIG. And here's what I'll say about the SIG. Um, this AXG, I believe it's called the model or AX Pro or the 320 um, that I'm carrying. It's a full size. I believe it's a, a steel frame, um, a heavier gun. But it is one of the best shooting guns I've ever shot out of the box. Now, they they did their... What I did to DJ and Cole, I said, listen, let's do some content, but let's make it real. Let's like, hey, you guys teach me how to shoot this gun out of the box. And uh, I'll transition my kit, which means my holster and my gun, my mag setup, and I'll transfer it to SIG. And you guys teach me how you would teach me in transitioning to a different pistol and run the drills. I don't want to know them in advance. Just run them. And we did that. And they, they worked me in a what's called a bill drill, which is six rounds um, out of the holster. Uh, they started out with one round, two rounds, getting used to trigger reset, which is the right answer, and then evolving out to six. And, you know, my draw time is pretty slow on the new setup. Uh, one of the issues that I, it's not an issue, it's just the way it is. The, that new SIG 320 AX model has a, a large kind of beaver tail on the back strap of the frame. So my Glock 17, which I still have, which I love and I'm never going to get rid of, uh, I'll carry that as my full-size carry. I noticed that I could just snatch that thing with one hand movement, snatch it out of the uh, holster, uh, Safari Land ALS. But the, uh, this gun, I have to kind of manipulate my hand around that beaver tail grip. And it takes me a kind of like a quarter, not a quarter of a second, about about a tenth of a second, which I drops drops my time down. I mean, usually I could draw a Glock 17, uh, hit an A zone hit at about seven meters, ten meters. Uh, typically, in about uh, 0.65 to 0.75, that's my window. Um, with this Sig, I'm about a second. You know, I think I had even cold in that drill was like 1.1 one second, um, and now I'm probably about a second. I'll try to improve that, but that gun and its balance shoots really flat. 
And I'm just super impressed. Um, this, this weekend, I'm staring at it right now because it's sitting on my nightstand. Uh, this weekend, I did content with Surefire on everyday carry considerations. And I'm sitting here looking at my SIG 320X carry. Uh, a company, I, I can't remember the name of the company. I wish I did because it's really nice. They made me a black multicam kind of painted um, frame. And the the modularity with SIGs, you could change out what's called the, uh, uh, they're calling it the grip, uh, not grip module. They're calling it the uh, trigger module. If I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. But it's, but it's basically the guts of the gun that you could easily swap out and transfer different frames, different slides to do custom kind of builds. And this SIG 320X carry, which is polymer, which is, which is a lot lighter, I was doing content with Surefire. And man, I'm just so impressed by these guns. And, and I'm not easily impressed. And, and I wouldn't tell you this. Uh, there's not like a secret uh, 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 pay behind the curtains kind of thing from SIG. Um, it, it's just a great gun. And so one of the things I realized in, in, in training this weekend is a lot of people are shooting guns because of the absence of experience or, you know, they just don't know better. They're shooting guns that they shouldn't be shooting. I had a father, I had a couple father son combos, which is really cool to see. It's always cool to see fathers and sons and family members and spouses training together on my range. But in, in my gunfighter pistol class, there was a father and son. The father was shooting a P226 SIG double action, single action, which I'm not a fan of. I like striker fire pistols. Um, I don't need I don't like to decock a pistol uh, or worry about a hammer on a pistol. That's, that's more because of law enforcement requirements. Um, but the son, who's a big kid, I mean, he's almost 6'5", was it, uh, big hands like me. He was carrying a Colt Commander, like a like a small, compact, slim fitting, single stack, um, nineteen eleven frame, and he he just was having the hardest time. Failure to feed, uh, couldn't get his grip around the gun properly, and what what I've seen in people shooting guns is most often people select guns because uh, they see it in the news or TV, not, not the news, but the media or TV. So they see somebody shooting a gun, they go, oh, that's a cool gun. And they go to get a gun. In fact, this kid wanted to buy a gun. And I said, what gun do you want? And he told me that he wanted a gun that Grand Thumb, uh, Mike Jones, who's a buddy of mine, um, was using in a video. And I said, uh, look, Mike does like a lot of novelty things because he's into collecting guns and telling the history of them. That, that's his motivation. That gun's not a great gun for everyday carry. And I explained why. Um, it, it's like the explanation of me using my uh, HKP7. Like I would never use in my HKP7 for carry on a daily basis. Yeah, I might do it just for fun. But why wouldn't I do that? Because it's not the most reliable everyday carry pistol. Uh, it has a grip safety, which, which means you have to grab and grip the frame in order to shoot the gun. Um. And it doesn't have a lot of round capacity. So I, I want the Glock 19. I want the Glock 17. I want the SIG 320X carry. So I advised him. And I, I just, man, about half of the range was shooting guns that they weren't familiar with. 
um, because they didn't have a lot of experience, and it was probably the wrong gun. I start selection of self-defense firearms by looking at people's hand size, not just their hand size and its overall size, but also their hand size um, based on the length of their fingers. Like I have, um, what I've realized over shooting and comparing my hand size to even the biggest dudes. I mean, that kid that was six, five, my hand was bigger than that kid that was six, five. So, um, I have size 13, 14 shoes and I have a huge hands. I should have been six, five, but I'm six, one. So my fingers matter the most because how your fingers wrap around the frame of a gun and that confidence and maintaining the grip while you shoot multiple rounds in succession is what matters the most. And um, I, I just want people to pay attention to that. It, like I, I always get the argument or the debate. Yeah, I went with Glock 19 because it's just it's just smaller in a form factor and it's just more compact. And I said, have you ever put a 19 next to a 17? And they're like, no. So I pull my 17 out and pull their 19 out and I put them next to each other, stack them on top of each other. The 19 versus the 17 is only about half an inch smaller in the frame and slightly in the um, barrel, in the slide. It's so minimal. And that's what you'll see with a lot of these pistols. Like a lot of pistols, including the 320X carry compared to a 320, compared to a M17, um, compared to a Glock uh, 19 to 17, or even a Glock 43 to Glock 19. There's not much difference. Now, if you're a very small female or very small male, right? And let's just take the female and you wear yoga pants all the time because some some women wear yoga pants all the time. They're comfortable. If I was a woman, I'd wear yoga pants. Um, it's like being in pajamas all day. I, I'd do that. So it that would make a difference because if I carry a full-size frame pistol that has like my 320X, that has a 21-round mag capacity, well, man, that's a little much. So that might be a lot of weight that's going to kind of pull on your setup. Um, it's one of the reasons why both my holsters, the ones that we have made through Tinacore, which is my um, molded holster, and also my um, magnet retention holster, uh, which has um, a magnet that retains the pistol in it, that's why they have metal clips. I, I recommend you using metal clips all the way for all of your pistols. Uh, metal clips and spring tension, which is called sprung steel, which is kind of flexible steel allows you to retain that in pants with no belt and then pants most certainly with a belt. Uh, we actually make our own proprietary clip and that clip is um, made to basically claw onto objects, including material of clothes like jeans with no belt and then latch on to a belt. So the holster stays in your waistband and the pistol comes undone. Now, um, if you haven't seen it, our magnet retention holster is coming out soon. The Glock 17 and Glock 19 model are the first to roll out, followed by SIG 320 and then Glock 43X. And then uh, we're tooling up right now the 365 and the 365 XL. Now, uh, here's what you have to understand. All, all holsters are not created equal. One... There's a lot of holster companies that are making holsters that are way too big. 
They're too robust. They have, um, uh, you know, whether it's an extra magazine or like the the chances of you being in a self-defense gunfight are very rare. The, the chances are like one in a million. I mean, it's just super rare. The chances of you using more than 15 rounds in a magazine in that gunfight are even rarer. Not to say you shouldn't be prepared um, because you should have the equipment somewhere. But some holster companies are making holsters that are side-by-side holsters that are using magazines and guns. And it's just so cumbersome. I mean, look, I'm a, I've been carrying since my special operations day days in low-vis environments. Um, and I've probably carried more, I mean, than 99.9% of people because it was my job. So I carry concealed everywhere. So even when I was at war, and we weren't on combat missions. We carry pistols inside the waistband. So if you if you carry pistols, you want to minimize the signature, which is the material clothing that you wear, um, and printing with the back strap of the frame or the pistol at all, showing any indication that you're carrying a pistol, because it defeats the purpose. Um, if you're going to carry and demonstrate or or show people that you're carrying then you might as well carry overtly, open carry. So concealed carry, uh, I like the minimalist approach. So Kydex, which is formed around, I mean, look, you can go to any main distributor of Kydex. There's there's several big companies, I won't name them, but you can just Google it. And you can buy all the parts that you need to make a holster. That's awesome because you can make one in-house, do custom jobs. If you're into like leatherworks and Kydex making and all this stuff, you could kind of craftsman your own setup. But a lot of these companies are taking uh, plastic, they're heating it and folding it, and then putting it on a mold, uh, which is basically a mold of a pistol. And then they're putting in rivets, screws, and putting in the hardware. There's nothing really proprietary about that. I don't have a problem with that. One of the problems I've seen in trying to scale up my own Kydex, because we've done Kydex as a company, we had a whole Kydex shop, is when you're starting to form factor that, you start seeing inconsistencies because you're not making it. That plastic you're buying from somebody else, and if that plastic uh, isn't treated properly, uh, isn't even uh, poured properly, what you're going to get is inconsistencies. And what you'll see is fractures. You'll see heat grossly affecting that holster. Um, You'll see the wear of the screw that goes through the plastic wear on that holster. And it's problematic. It's why Safari Land is one of the best holster companies in the world. I mean, they've invested hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in tools and injection molding processes that use the right degree um, and rigidity of plastic that doesn't that isn't affected by heat and that's very important you have to understand that's very important because that sets the standard for how much retention you have i'm going to do a youtube video when i get back um with sportsmen's where i'm going to go go to the store i'm going to buy some random holsters i'm not going to illustrate or i'm not going to advertise with the name of the holsters i'm just going to buy some random holsters off the shelf that are inside the waistband holsters. I'm going to put a loaded gun with a loaded mag, not one in the chamber, and I'm going to assess how much retention these holsters have. 
And I'm going to do the same thing with holsters on the internet. I'm going to buy a few holsters off the internet and I'm going to do the same thing. What I'm going to demonstrate is when you take that gun and put it in that holster and you turn it upside down, the gun will fall out of the holster because most retention is set by the screw that constrains or, or um, vices the plastic around the gun because most guns are held in that plastic by the trigger guards. So the trigger guard on your gun, that plastic kydex, when it's folded over, has a piece where that, that trigger guard, when pushed into that plastic, clicks into that holster, and that trigger guard is all that's holding your gun inside that holster. Which means if you're running, if you're fighting, because remember, if, if, if you're in a self-defense scenario and you're, and you're looking to defend your life, you're likely escalating force. So it started as an argument. You might have went hands-on, and then you're potentially drawing your pistol because of the escalation of force. The guy goes to a gun, uh, he picks up an object, and he's going to bludgeon you to death. So it could be hands-on. So if your holster isn't properly retained, then it's just going to fall out of your, uh, your holster. I see it happen all the time, by the way, when I do stress shoots with our students with outside-the-waistband holsters that have no retention. So Blade Tech, um, I mean, I, there's Blackhawk. There's a hundred different holster companies that make holsters for USPSA, even self-defense, that doesn't use a locking system like Safari Land's ALS, auto locking system. That's problematic. Because again, if you're running, if you're fighting, even if you're running around and doing a competition shoot and your gun falls out of your holster, that's, that's not only a safety issue, that's like a, a security issue. Because if it happens in real life, you, you could be fighting for your life over your gun. Can you imagine being in a self-defense circumstance where you're going hands-on and your gun falls out of your waistband and the other person doesn't have a gun and he's fighting to get to your gun? Well, what's your options now? Well, now you got to use deadly force. Because if he gets your gun, are you going to take the chance that he's not? he's just going to hold you at gunpoint or unload your gun for you, uh, you, would, you would be taking a chance that, that you would be uh, riding the line of, of life and death. So retention matters. So when you look at the magnet retention holster, that's two years of work going, why isn't there a mil spec or standard in, in retention? So the magnet retains it at the end cap of the barrel and the slide using rare earth magnets. And that holds retention in a short period of time in the draw stroke. So when you pull past that, when you pull past that inch, inch and a half of magnet, it's free and clear. Not only is it free and clear, but it's a seamless draw stroke with no friction because the friction holding the gun in the holster isn't held by the trigger guard. It's like Safari Land ALSs. It's like a Safari Land holster that's injection molded. It is injection molded. So there's no friction. So I just encourage you to try it out. It doesn't work with modified guns. It's got to be stock. Um, Because if you have modified frames that are wider in their tolerances, even shaved down frames, um, it, it might be wobbly in the holster because it's made to stock specs. Give it a try and see how you like it. 
Um, we did a low light, no light course. And I want to talk a little bit about low light, no light considerations. Um, it's super important to understand how lights work in the first place. I, I've i realized over training probably about a decade of low light, no light to SWAT teams and law enforcement and civilians that um, the focus tends to be on the technical expertise of holding a light in your hand, uh, shooting with uh, your hand offset, but not necessarily paid attention to the light. Here's what you should know about your light. Uh, one, Surefire makes the best lights in the world. I, I think Surefire, no doubt, makes the best handheld lights. I've been using Surefire on guns since the origins of my experiences in the military. Um, but two, more lumens, uh, it does not equal better. If, if you take a person, let's say you have a 500 lumen light, which is pretty common. If you take a 500 lumen light, I'll, I'll encourage you to do this. Take, take somebody in your family and just put them out in front of you in the dark. Take that light. Um, and you need a little bit of ambient light. You can't be completely dark. Uh, it's okay for them being an ambient light. Treat it like it's real. Like have the lights on in your house. Put them in a dark area. Hit them with that 500 lumen light. Um, and, and as you're shining it on them, have their eyes closed. You don't want to blind them. But pay attention to them. And then as you turn off the light, I want you to start counting. Start counting. And then I want you to count until you see them come back into your field of view. Until they become more clear. As clear as they were before you hit them with the light. And to even get more um, specific, have them hold uh, in front of their chest uh, on one hand uh, numbers. One through five. And pay attention to when you could see their hands or the number on their hands um, after you turn off the light. What you'll be very surprised with is more lumens means more time. Because if you're hitting somebody with the stream of light, which is the focal point or the center of your light, which has the most looms, you are blinding yourself. Not only blinding the person, but you're blinding yourself. So if that light gets turned off, right, at any point, you're blind. You're completely blind until your eyes adjust. So are there tactics behind that? Yeah, that's why we teach low light, no light. The tactic could be you could hit them at 45 degrees where you're splashing light into their field of view, which is a reduction in the amount of looms they get hit with, right? So they're not getting to 500 looms. They're getting more like 50 looms. So you can retain your night vision when you're scanning throughout the area. Because remember, you're scanning around in a space where you're looking for bad guys. So imagine you go to a room and you sweep that room with light. Well, if you go into another room, you're still blind because your eyes haven't adjusted. So don't use that light at 100 to 500 looms. Use it at 50 looms, splashing light and giving yourself the advantage. I want to talk about that a little bit because a lot of people don't understand how lights work. It's why we teach low light, no light. And I'm happy to present this vertical training plan, progressive training plan. And I don't mean progressive like social progression. I mean like a, a curriculum progression, starting zero, going to 100, and all things preparedness in your own backyard. 
my training uh, action arm with Kevin Owens and Sean Kirk would have developed a really robust plan. If you're listening to this podcast, likely next Friday, which is the last Friday before Christmas, I'm releasing about 50 courses for the nation that we're launching with training all over the United States in about 50 different areas um, for, for 20% off on my Friday sale. It's, if you haven't been paying attention to it, it's because uh, you probably don't look into my social media. But on Mike.a.glover on Instagram, every Friday, about five Fridays now, um, we've been, I've been doing a sale. And I told my guys, I gave my guys the guidance on Friday. We released the training calendar for January, which includes about 50 courses, and offer 20% off all training, which is pretty big. I and mean, if you tra- take our training, our training's not cheap, um, but we want to offer an incentive um, for the last Friday before, before Christmas for all you guys who support our business for, for Phil Kraus Survival and in your backyard because the partner, partner training um, approach that I talked to you about in Route 66, we're doing all over the nation. So we got ranges like uh, the Paraclete Consulting Group with uh, Secure um, America Now um, in east of San Antonio. We're, we're planning to do some stuff with uh, Black Rifle Coffee's range uh, in, near San Antonio. Um, we have uh, Double Ego, uh, Double Eagle in Pocono, in Pennsylvania. We have uh, uh, ranges all over the country, Range 35, uh, uh, Route 66, uh, Cow, Cowtown in, in Arizona. The idea is to offer you kind of this vertical training progression where you start out, you can do pistol, carbine, survival, first aid, all these classes in your own backyard. So you don't have to travel all over the nation. We're bringing our instructors to you. I'm looking forward to that. I just think it's going to be fun, and I'm excited about it. Um, something else I wanted to talk to you guys about is the tactical review crosstalks that we're doing. Um, we're doing a tactical review crosstalks really soon, uh, probably springtime. I'm thinking about doing it in San Antonio. Might, might do it at headquarters, at Phil Crass Survival Headquarters, to bring in the, the experts. In training, civilian training, military training, law enforcement training, the experts. I want to host them for crosstalks for us to get better and more positive and collaborating uh, as an entity, as an, as an effort in industry. But I also want to offer you a couple days of open enrollment where you guys can come and, and listen to the best. You know, I, I'm going to be involved in a Tier 1, Miami's Tier 1 seminar next December with Chris. Gauls from uh, TTOG, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, a field craft, used to be a field craft instructor, has his own training, tactical training company. Uh, he has a mindset and tactical seminar. This is a tactical review. It's something that we've been planning for years. This tactical review is made for the industry for us to crosstalk as experts to make sure that we're on the same sheet of music in a way, um, but also collaborate and then give you a couple days of, of training. Um, it's also an opportunity for us to do content and collaborate together. That will be spring, so look out for that uh, coming soon to you. Be, there will be a sign-up. Um, I'm actually looking uh, really forward to that. If you guys are tracking my kind of rally adventures, guys, it, it's tough, man, getting sponsors. Um, I w- Vermont Sports Car, who's the race team that represents um, 
Travis Pastrana and Ken Block, some of the best racers in the world. Uh, I reached out to them to see if they had any capacity to potentially help me on my venture. Uh, I think rally. Um, look, I, I teach defensive driving. I've taught it for, for years. I've taught it for, for 15, 20 years. I, I think rally race car driving is the perfect analogy and example of how you're, you're planning for the worst case scenario, right? You're, you're literally deliberately putting yourself in a catastrophe and you're trying to master chaos. And in that preparation and land navigation and technical expertise and driving and um, physical fitness and engineering and mechanics of the vehicle, all of that stuff, it's all the things that you need to be prepared in your mindset and resilience to be the best. And I want to challenge myself. But I also selfishly want to represent the disaffected companies of the world, you know, the tactical space, the gun space, uh, the black rifle coffees of the world, that because mainstream narratives uh, and mainstream culture has said, you guys don't fit our narrative and we're going to suppress you. Knife companies, like Montana Knife Company. Uh, I mean, they're getting suppressed. All, all knife companies, by the way, way are getting suppressed. You'll, you'll, you'll lose your Facebook account. I lost my Facebook account for a year because I posted a knife. A, a knife, guys. A knife. Um, and I want to represent those companies. So I want to separate and segment my rally-sponsored car. I have t- uh, three tiered categories. Title-sponsored, Title two, and Title three. Um, Title-sponsored is obviously the big one. Um, two and three, uh, which represents uh, what you get on the vehicle. And it's representation on decals, uniforms, uh, um, decals on vehicles, uniforms, helmets. Also in our advertising and marketing, um, I want to offer that up. If you're a company owner and you own um, a disaffected company, reach out to me. Uh, email me at mike.philcraftsurvival at gmail.com. That's mike.philcraftsurvival at gmail.com. And, and let me know. Because, look, it's not cheap, guys. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke. It's not cheap. To race with the big boys, it's about 500 to a million dollars a year in order to be successful, to, to pay for the race team, um, the support effort, the transportation of vehicles, the travel, uh, the, the actual car. It's all very expensive. And it's something that uh, my own company is going to sponsor. But I want other companies on board. I want SIG to sponsor my rally car. Why? Because there's no uh, firearms companies sponsoring motorsports. Uh, and I want to change that. Um, sorry, going down that rabbit hole. It, it, did you watch the Army versus Navy game? Did you watch that? Uh, if, you, if you didn't, good on you because it would have been a disappointment because Army lost. Army's record going into that um, football game was 8-3. and three. The Navy's 3-8. and eight, And they beat Army. So... I don't care because I don't watch football, but in this particular case, I did care because Duke Cannon was gracious enough. Duke Cannon's a uh, a company that gave me and Andy Stumpf, uh, a former Navy SEAL, um, a hundred thousand for the winner and twenty five thousand for the loser um, to donate to charity on on our behalf, and so we did this whole whole event and all this lead up, and the Army disappointed me, man. 
You cadets, if you're listening to this podcast, come on. You let the Navy beat you. All in good fun. Um, I'm happy to have 25 grand um, going to support Black Rifle Coffee's fund that helps um, disabled veterans and adaptive athletes who who are missing limbs because of war. It's a huge deal. It's a passion of Evans. It's a passion of mine. Um, and it's super important that we support those guys. Also, save our allies who helped me personally get my Afghan counterpart out of Afghanistan with his family safely. And Warriors Heart Foundation, who has given um, more to saving the lives of veterans who, who deal with addiction and post-traumatic stress than, than any other nonprofit I've worked with in the veteran nonprofit space. Big shout out to Tom Spooner for all your hard work. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I like putting these out every once in a while. Um, it's it's fun for me to to do podcasts on the road. Let me see if I missed anything because pretty sure I covered everything. Got my little notes here. Uh, oh, I, lastly, I said uh, everyday carry is everything you carry. Uh, I did a little piece for for Surefire uh, for their YouTube. Uh, everyday carry is not just a pistol you carry in your waistband. It's your mindset that you wake up every morning to go into the world with. It's what you carry and how you carry yourself every single day. There's two types of people in the world, hammers and nails. What are you going to be? If you act like a nail, you're going to get hammered. If you act like a hammer, you're going to hammer nails, right? So act like the wolf, your posture, your eye contact, your confidence going through the world will mitigate more risk than anything else. Uh, Keep your situational awareness in the forefront of your mind. Stay conscious. Stay off your damn cell phone. And, uh, and you'll be okay. Uh, have capability, have capacity, and have technical cap- uh, uh, expertise to back up uh, when things, uh, when when shit hits the fan. Um, guys, uh, I appreciate you, and uh, until next time, stay alert, stay alive.